Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. NHL Draft Day 2 continuing today. Just the first round last night, the wild take a kid from Rosemont, Charlie Strammel, a, a big centerman, right-handed uh, shooter. They seem to be pretty excited about him. He didn't have a great year at Wisconsin, Jim, but, uh, you know, Minnesota produces a lot of NHL-caliber hockey players. Yes, uh, no doubt about it. He is a big, strong, talented guy. They got to know him really well. They got to know his family. They feel like they, they feel like they found somebody and tracked him and got exactly who they wanted. Uh, you know, he did have a, a mediocre year at Wisconsin last year. We'll see how he adapts this year. They, I think they anticipated him having a breakthrough season this year. Uh, he's already got the. It's a nice thing is he's already got the size. He's already got the skill. Uh, they like him as a kid a lot. They like his work ethic, so they see big things from the future. He's, he's got to prove it now. Do you think that there's any uh, uh, colloquialism that comes in when teams are drafting? Would they give a kid a little more of an edge if he's a hometown kid versus uh, you know a kid from you know Canada or whatever? I think where it plays in is if he's local, and him being local allows you to get him to know so, him so well. Mm that you realize there are no red flags, there are going to be no surprises, and in that way it can end up being a tiebreaker. I don't think you'd take a Minnesota kid over somebody you think is more talented or is going to be a better player, but if you have three guys graded the same and you've been you've spent a lot of time around the Minnesota kid and you feel really good about him, that might put him over. I, I go back to you know when the Twins had the first pick in the draft. Uh, Mark Pryor, uh, Joe Maurer, and I think it was Teixeira was the other big name. And I think yep. DeJuan Brazelton was the fourth. Uh, and the Twins couldn't stand Mark Pryor. They couldn't stand his father. They knew <laughs> that the talent was there. But they are like, okay, are we really going to you know, base our entire future on a guy we can't even stand being in the same room with? Yeah. And here you have Joe Maurer. And, and their baseball evaluation was that you'd rather get the position player He's not going to grab his elbow the second day after you sign him a contract and be lost for two years and maybe never recover. Uh, he's he's going to hit. There's no nobody ever had any doubt Joe Maurer's going to hit major league pitching. Mm-hmm. Big, strong, uh, plus arm, plus character. Uh, you know, one of the best hitters they'd ever seen. And you know, if, if, if Joe Maurer had been kind of an aloof guy from Florida that they didn't really get to know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe it would have been a closer decision. When they combine the fact that they spent, they saw every game he ever played and spent all of his time, their time around him and his family and knew that he was going to be a good kid on top of having all that talent, it made it a much easier decision than anybody in the national media wanted to admit it was. Yeah. And that's kind of the situation with Strammel here, too, then. They're just around him more. They just know him better. Yeah. That gives you more of a comfort level, then. Right, and, and listen, it, it's only that only benefits the player if yep. he really is a good kid and has good people around him and they make him feel. I mean, he could also be a negative. If you get to know somebody well and a red flag pops up, then you might take somebody you don't know as well because you don't have the obvious red flag. Uh, sure. Hey, uh, it looks like uh, the Wild are going to bring Philip Gustafson back. He, they need to sign him to a contract yet, but it sounds like the both sides want to have Gustafson come back to the team next year, and who knows, maybe a longer-term deal uh, for him coming as the goaltender. Yeah, I thought he really you – know, it, it's a weird position. Uh, somebody can go south in that position pretty quickly because it's such a mental position. But uh, once again, I think they really like him. I think they trust him. He played really well for a long stretch last year. He played like a number one goalie. Um, I would think that – and, and this organization doesn't have great goalie depth, so I would think a, a long-term deal would be in order. 
Uh, let's talk Twins a little bit. Uh, not a good series, obviously, in Atlanta. Rocco Baldelli, the strongest words I've heard him use. I mean, he talked about it being listless and flat and, you know, didn't have the energy required to, to win against one of the best teams in baseball. He doesn't call out guys singularly by name, but he did call out the whole team. Yes, and it's very obvious that, you know, he's been frustrated for a long time and he's been, you know, he didn't, you don't want to overreact. You don't want to criticize your players publicly unless you've kind of reached the end of your rope. I think this series was the end of the rope. Uh, listen, Atlanta's a great team, great lineup. They're going to score some runs off of you, but the non, here's what I think is the problem for Rocco, for me, for a lot of people, the non-competitiveness of the at-bats. Mm-hmm. You can hit the ball a million miles an hour and get, have it get caught. Uh, you can have bad luck. You can have bad calls. You can put the ball in play and have it not produce anything. But they're not giving themselves a chance. They are not taking intelligent bats. They aren't making adjustments. They aren't getting better as the season goes on. They're actually getting worse as the season goes on. Yeah. It does It does start with Buxton and Correa, no doubt about it. They need to perform and lead with their performances, and they've been horrible. Uh, but it, it's everybody. I mean, I think Royce Lewis is the only guy you could say is – achieving what he should be achieving. Everybody else is disappointed. Kirilov had a nice stretch. Now he looks like you know, he's not going to hit the ball hard, and uh, he's not hitting lefties at all. Kepler's terrible. Gallo has been disappointing uh, and had a misplay in the field yesterday that you wonder if it's related to his hitting slump. Uh, Taylor's gone in the tanks and started to say nice things about him. Yeah, all right. uh, uh, you know, Solano and Castro are doing their jobs, but they're role players. They're not going to carry you. They're going to get a hit once in a while. It's not going to carry you. Uh, and really, this team now is – I gave them a lot of excuses early in the season because they weren't healthy. Other than the Polanco, they're healthy now. Mm. They're just not good. Yeah. And you've referenced this for, before yourself, uh, to whom much is given, much is expected. The two highest-paid performers – well, throw in Pablo Lopez, too. He's the highest-paid pitcher. Yep. Those three, Buxton, Correa, Lopez – not, not doing what they need to do. They need to be leading the team performance-wise first. That helps you be a leader off the field better if you're proving it on the field, doesn't it? Yes, and also just logistically. I mean, if Carlos Correa is swinging the bat well, then he can spend a lot of time helping other people. If he's struggling, he's spending all of his time trying to figure out his own stuff. Hmm. He literally can't lead. He's too busy doing, trying to fix himself. And, and, you know, as Rocco said, there's, I don't think there's a, a, any lack of work ethic here or lack of caring, it, but baseball is a mental game. And if you can't think properly, if you can't think on your feet, you're not going to be good at it. Hmm. A.J. Prasinski was on uh, the, the Daily Delivery podcast on, on your website uh, for your newspaper yesterday uh, talking with, uh, what's his name again, Rand? Rand, Michael Rand. Yes, and uh, he said something interesting. He thought the Twins would have won the series in 2 if Tom Kelly had still been the manager. Uh, now, A.J. likes to say things that draw some attention. Is that just an attention seeker, or does he really believe that? And what do you think about that? It was fascinating to watch the young players grow up under Kelly late 1990s and early 2000s. Uh, they hated TK at first. Then in 2001, they kind of learned to appreciate him. And the more, the more they matured as players, the more they realized how much he knew and how much he saw the game in a different way. Didn't make it pleasant to be around all the time, but they kind of grew up and respected him. Gardy was a very different character. Gardy wanted the, – the irony of Gardy was he wanted to be a player's manager, but he was so kind of high-strung that 
not all the players trusted him or trusted his decisions or trusted him to make good in-game moves. Listen, in terms of pure strategizing, Tom Kelly was better than Ron Gardenhire. Tom Kelly is better than 99% of the people have ever managed. Gardy's strength was he brought a lot of energy and intensity to the field, and he wanted desperately to win every game. And that, I, think, I think his energy did help those teams, uh, 2000, especially 2003, 2004, 2006. I thought his, his energy was one of the factors that enabled those teams to come back and win late in the season and win a lot of clutch games once he got his, you know. Uh, but there's no doubt Tom Kelly is the, uh, the better manager. He just was. Yeah. Would that have made a difference in – I mean, listen, 2002 they had a great season. Uh, they get to – Anaheim and their bullpen ran out of gas and they didn't swing the bats well enough. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Tom Kelly makes a difference in those situations, but this is classic AJ. AJ's, AJ basically is like he's the rare baseball player who is like the media trolls that most baseball players hate. <laughs> he will just say anything. I, I, I kind of enjoy him listening to him on the broadcast, and in part because of that. Uh, Timberwolves wave uh, Torian Prince. Did that surprise you? I, I thought they were going to trade him. Um, I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker kind of stole his role at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. And Alexander-Walker played great against the Nuggets, and he defended like crazy, and he's athletic and young and affordable, and he could shoot it. They love Torian Prince, but I just think he lost his job there. And he did have some injury problems last year, and he didn't play quite as well last year as they would have hoped. Uh, this is where they can save some money. I don't know if they have enough flexibility to really go do anything. I know Bruce Brown is the big rumor. Krasinski said on our podcast he doesn't see that happening. But maybe it creates an opportunity to you know, either sign a low-level free agent who might be your backup point guard or, or maybe just creates enough flexibility that you can make a trade if, you, if there's a trade out there you like. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5, Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.